0: Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com.
1: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: This is Cruise Cruise Radio. Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for making Cruise Radio part of your day. Very happy to have you here. Uh, don't forget cruise news and cruise tips at cruiseradio.net. Also, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Uh, last week, we did a review of Carnival Sensation, and a, a listener asked where is a good place to stay if you're cruising out of Port Canaveral. So on the line, we have Joe Panacki. He is the general manager of Radisson Resort at the port, so we'll get information about that property in just a couple of seconds. But also, later on in the program, Program. We'll get a review of Carnival Conquest from listener Swapna. She just did a, uh, what was it, an eight-night or seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise on Conquest out of Port Everglades. So looking forward to that. Uh, but first, we have General Manager of Radisson Resort at the port on the line to talk to us all about the hotel down there, right there by the uh, cruise pier. So uh, cool stuff there. How's it going, Joe?
2: I'm doing excellent. It's a great day here in Port Canaveral.
0: I got to say, Joe, before we get to the actual property itself, uh, something pretty exciting's about to happen down there.
2: We have a, uh, a GPS launch uh, coming up in about three minutes, uh, United Launch Alliance uh, putting up a Delta rocket.
0: Nice. So is that like perfect viewing from your property?
2: One of the best spots to view a launch is right out in front of the, uh, the hotel itself, just about as close as you can get to uh, Kennedy Space Center without a special pass.
0: Very cool. So uh, let's talk about exactly where the property is located because I passed it the other day when I was down there going to the boat ramp. So for the folks listening and who may not uh, may not be sure, where exactly is Radisson Resort at the Port located?
2: From the main entrance of Port Canaveral, we're a half mile south. Okay, and once you get into Port Canaveral. Then you've got uh, your uh, uh, options for your terminals, uh, depending on what ship you're on.
0: And uh, now I understand you are primarily a uh, a cruise port property or a pre-cruise and post-cruise hotel. So talk to us about what kind of specials you offer for cruise passengers, and uh, how should people, you know, book this package?
2: The best place to get uh, information about uh, this hotel and uh, what we're doing with the cruise passengers is to go to our uh, Radisson.com forward slash Cape Canaveral FL website. And we've got all kinds of information because we understand that for a lot of people, this becomes complicated, uh, putting the family together to get transportation down here and transportation from the airport sometimes and then shuttles to the ship and back and making sure that they've got their passports and everything else. So we, we know it's a pretty complicated affair for most people. And so we, we, we have been doing this stuff for a very long time now, for about the last 20 years. And so we've got a lot of things that can assist people as far as uh, making sure that uh, we have all the information here on property that they need to get on their ship. So we do have cruise and park and cruise and fly packages that bundle some of these things that make it a little bit easier uh, so we include the shuttle rides, we include the airport transportation in some of these packages. We include breakfast, and so we have those options available on our on our website.
0: I will say, being a kid at heart, I love your pool there. It's <laughs> it's so cool. Um, if you stay at the property, part of this package is every, is all the amenities included. Like, can guests do anything on your property?
2: You get access to everything that we have on the property: the business center, the fitness center. Our, our, our free-form waterfall, pool, the tiki bar, the tiki deck, uh, we have a guest laundry, and uh, many people utilize that to take care of some last-minute laundry before they get on the ship. Very good. We have a full-service uh, meal a day restaurant that offers breakfast, lunch, and dinner, kind of on a bistro-type idea, nothing fancy, just uh, good good fast food here.
0: If, uh, if families wanted to maybe dine outside of the resort, are there restaurants nearby?
2: Well, as a matter of fact, uh, the, uh, I'm, I just have to tell you that the rocket is just taking off. Okay. And uh, So it's launch on schedule, and it all looks good. So I'm sorry. And, yes, we no have uh, a, a number of restaurants from fast foods to uh, more formal dining within walking distance of the hotel. Uh, and and uh, so a lot of people choose to do that. And uh, certainly that's everybody's option.
0: Are you still looking at the shuttle right now?
2: I'm still watching it. Yes. yeah,
0: uh, describe to us what you're seeing.
2: Uh, well what uh, what you see here, and it's again, it's probably the best thing, just over the treetops, the fi- you see the fireball mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, for about uh, seven or eight seconds, you watch that fireball rise in the sky. And okay, now we're starting to hear the launch rumble uh, because uh, this thing makes quite a bit of noise. Ten seconds into the launch, and it is now your head is cocked up at about a 45 degree angle, and you can see the boosters peel away from the main rocket, and off it goes.
0: Nice. That is, that is so – I'm glad I'm glad we got to experience that. That is so cool. That's awesome. Which brings us to our next question here, Joe. Uh, I know we have NASA, which you're watching right now, but uh, are there any other attractions nearby that cruise passengers can take advantage of?
2: Just west of the hotel is the Indian River. This is where many of the manatees uh, migrate to, and they seem to huddle around a certain spot that is is old maybe uh, less than a half a mile from the hotel, a very nice walk into a residential neighborhood. Going east of the hotel, we're not on the ocean. Uh, however, it's about a mile and a quarter, and again, that's a very nice walk uh, or a short drive that uh, takes you to a public beach area that is parking and restrooms and boardwalks. Uh, so you, you have the beach, you have the wildlife, you have Kennedy Space Center, and uh, then we have the world-famous, uh, Ron John Surf uh, shop, and right next to that is the Cocoa Beach Surf Company.
0: So how often do your shuttles run to and from the cruise terminals, and do they cover both uh, embarkation and disembarkation?
2: Generally the earliest, that uh, they the, the port allows us to the terminals uh, to pick up passengers getting off of the cruise ship. They generally start about 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, depending on uh, the actual schedule of the cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And so we have approximately 35 vehicles that we use to pick people up from the ships and take people to the ships. We schedule that uh, at the beginning at one of the ship docks, And we are making continuous runs to pick up people from the cruise ship. And then we start taking people over to the ships, generally about 10.30. And that's when they start allowing us to bring people to the ships. And so we schedule that from the hotel for every half hour um, until we've got everybody out of here. One of the benefits of booking a cruise and park or cruise package is that we do let people call the hotel directly as soon as they have booked that package and make their shuttle reservations. Um, folks that don't book a cruise package, uh, we do have them wait until the day of uh, that they arrive here.
0: Hmm. What if you, if you were not booking a cruise package at the Radisson Resort at the port? Uh, would you be paying extra to keep your car there and extra for the shuttle?
2: We do have off-site parking available for okay. people that are not staying with us. And uh we it, it is adjacent to the hotel. Um it's a fenced parking area and uh so many people are opting to that. Currently we're charging eight ninety five a day for parking. The port uh, currently is charging fifteen dollars mm-hmm. a day to park.
0: Okay, that's a good deal regardless then. Yeah.
2: Try to make this clear to all of our cruise passengers, just park with us that we're not really saving them any money, they just get to spend it uh, uh, on the ship and have a little more fun.
0: Yeah, there you go. Not a bad deal with any way you look at it there. So uh, Joe, in closing here, uh, do you have any insider tips for folks cruising uh, or visiting Port Canaveral?
2: We see a lot of first-time cruisers here, mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've cruised a number of times myself, and the, the uh, my, my biggest advice is to take your time getting to the ship. Um, many times people think they want to be right at the cruise terminal, you know, as soon as it opens. Um, however, most of us know that have cruised before that you might get there, but you're going to wait there. And mm-hmm. I'd much rather wait at, at the Tiki Bar uh, at our pool. And so getting over to the ship, uh, it's probably about the best time to do that is about 1230 or 1 o'clock okay. instead of the first thing.
0: Very good. We've been talking with General Manager of Radisson Resort at the port, Joe Panaki Joe, uh, if we want to find out more information about the property, where can we find your hotel directly?
2: If you go to Radisson.com, dot com, and uh, search for Cape Canaveral or Port Canaveral, and we'll pop up, and we've got plenty of information um, and you can also, of course, always call us if, uh, if anybody's got specific questions.
0: Very good. We'll also link to that in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Joe, my friend, thanks for being on the show this evening. You're welcome. Have a great day.
1: This is Cruise Radio.
0: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at tripinsurance.com. Not not only does tripinsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. If you missed any part of the
2: show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio.
0: We always enjoy getting your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, just email comments at cruiseradio.net. Swapna is on the line. She just got back from an eight-night Eastern Caribbean sailing out of Fort Lauderdale aboard Carnival Conquest. And she joins us this evening. How you doing, Swapna?
1: Hey, Doug. I'm doing really well. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks for asking. So uh, before we get onto the ship itself, let's talk about embarkation. How was the embarkation process for you out of Fort Lauderdale?
1: The embarkation process was actually very easy. Um, I am fortunate to be a platinum guest on Carnival, so I was in the VIP check-in area, which was very smooth, and it wasn't a long line. I was done with embarkation within 15 to 20 minutes and on the ship.
0: Nice. Very nice. Not bad at all. So once you got on the ship, what were your first impressions of Carnival Conquest?
1: I actually really liked it. I haven't been on the Conquest in quite a while, but they've done a lot of the enhancements and upgrades that they did for FunShip 2.0. Mm-hmm. So the Lido deck has been completely revamped. They have the Blue Iguana Cantina. They had Red Rock Pub. So it was pretty cool to see all of the changes and updates that they did on the ship.
0: Nice. So you make it through the atrium and head to your stateroom. So first off, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it?
1: I was in an interior stateroom. I was on deck eight, so it was actually nice to be a little bit higher up. Um, And I was also in a modified cabin, so the cabin itself was really spacious. The bathroom was huge. The shower was very large, so it was a nice accommodation and very spacious for myself.
0: When you say modified, is that like an accessible cabin? Yeah. Okay. Very it's nice. A handicap festival. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about food on Carnival Conquest because you said the ship underwent FunShip 2.0. Uh, so let's start at the Lido deck area and work our way down. So what do you think of like the buffet food and all that?
1: The buffet was really good. I actually spent most of my days at the Blue Iguana Cantina Mm -hmm. because of the salsa bar and the hot sauce, which I am a huge fan of. So that was really cool. And then also Guy's Burger Joint was up there. So I did have a chance to have a burger and it was delicious. Buffet itself was really good. They had a lot of selections. They had a really great dessert area. So Lido itself had a lot of options and it was all really good.
0: How many burgers did you have on your eight-night cruise? Honestly, (laughs) come on, honestly.
1: (laughs) I have five burgers. Wow.
0: <laughs> hey, you're halfway to my point. I did nine on a seven night. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And I gained 11 pounds. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the main dining room. How was that?
1: I It was really good. I actually ate in the dining room every night, which I have not done on a cruise before. So I really liked it because there was the standard menu that they have every day. And then they also have all the other options. So I like to try different things every night, and um, I would order on average at least two main courses every night.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Did you do the steakhouse at all?
1: I did. I did the steakhouse one night, also really good. Good wine, good food, uh, and it was really just a nice, quiet getaway from the dining room every night. Cool.
0: Is uh, Is the taste bar on Carnival Conquest?
1: Yes, the Taste Bar was there. What was really cool is that I actually saw it open because a lot of times, anytime I walk by Taste Bar, it is closed or we're in port. So um, I was able to actually check out Taste Bar a couple of the nights, and um, they featured some really good stuff in the restaurants on board. And then they also gave us some options for things that were not on the ship, but we got to taste and get an idea of what's on the other ships.
0: Yeah, what kind of food would you find at the Taste Bar?
1: So they did. They would do a sample from, like, the steakhouse one night. They did a sample from Blue Iguana, so they gave you, like, tortilla soup and a little mini quesadilla. So they kind of did, like, bits and pieces from all the different restaurants
0: on the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Which was cool. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Uh, you were mentioning um, that the, the ship has underwent Carnival's Fun ship 2.0, so that means it has playlist production. So with that said, how was the entertainment on board for you?
1: It was also really good. There was different shows every night, and also they had Punchliner, which was fun. So they do the adults only, which is kind of after hours. So I did have a chance to check that out. And then with the entertainment as far as playlists, was also really neat. They had different shows almost every night.
0: Nice. Uh, did you Did you play trivia this cruise?
1: I didn't. I didn't play trivia, but I would walk by it, so they were doing trivia in the atrium every afternoon. Um, It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure. People were really getting into it, yeah. I know
0: how much you love that stick on the ship there, so I'm surprised you didn't play this time. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the Carnival Conquest on your days at sea, because one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves at sea as far as passenger flow and congestion and all that. So how was it at sea with all those people on Carnival Conquest?
1: So interestingly enough, the first two days of the cruise were fun days at sea, so I was interested to see how people were interacting and what the different areas in the ship, as as far as crowdedness went, and it really didn't feel that crowded. Uh, It was very spread out, people were in the shops, people were in the casino. A lot of people were playing the games that were that were going on in the atrium, so in general, it never really felt like any one place was very congested. Also, the pools were open, and people were hanging out at the bars, so um, it was a pretty good spread across the ship on those days at sea.
0: How was the uh, Serenity area?
1: Serenity, there is actually no um, Serenity on Carnival
0: Coquist. Okay, I didn't do my research on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So now, next question then. On this eight-night sailing, uh, you hit a few ports. So what ports did you hit first off?
1: So the first stop was in St. Martin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the second day, we were in St. Kitts. Then we were in San Juan, and the last stop was in Grand Cayman.
0: Out of all those ports, which one was your favorite?
1: I would have to say St. Martin was my favorite. What did you do there? Followed by a close second to Grand Turk. St. Martin, we went to Maho Beach mm-hmm. and we got to experience the airport, which is right next to the beach. So we saw planes landing over us while we were in the water, which was really, really cool.
0: What was that experience like being there in first person?
1: It's really neat because I've actually had this on my bucket list for quite a while. So it was easy to get there. It was about a 30-minute drive, and we caught this cab right outside of the cruise terminal. Mm -hmm. And being in the water and the excitement and everybody kind of screaming and yelling when the planes were landing was really cool (laughs) to be there and experience it firsthand.
0: Nice. And uh, you said you also went to Grand Turk. What would you do there?
1: There, um, it's very lively there. I would say (laughs) it reminds me a little bit of spring break, but, uh, you know, like adult spring break, I guess. Uh, They have Margaritaville there, and then they also have the beach. What's interesting about the beach is that it's really close to where the ships actually park. So when you're in the water, you feel like you're 50 feet from the ship, and it's like right there. So it was pretty neat. It was pretty cool. And a lot of the passengers and guests that were around were all from Carnival. So there was definitely that unity amongst everybody that was there.
0: How many ships were in port that day?
1: There was two. So it was Carnival Splendor and Carnival Conquest.
0: Nice. Did you make it down to Jack Shack down the beach, or did you hang hang out at the uh, Carnival area?
1: I didn't. I didn't make it down there. I've heard a lot about it, but I was not able to get there this time.
0: Very nice. So uh, you head back to Fort Lauderdale to wrap up your eight-day cruise. So uh, how was your last sea day back?
1: It was fun. It was kind of a... It was nice to have that last day to relax and just enjoy the ship and lay low before we came back to reality. So it was actually a lot of fun. It was just a very low-key day.
0: Nice. And in closing here, do you have any first-time tips for somebody who may be sailing Carnival Conquest?
1: First-time tips. I would definitely recommend trying to eat at every place on the ship if possible because there is so much food to eat. So that would be my number one recommendation Number two is definitely check out the shows, um, either Punchliner, Comedy Club, or to make it to the playlist productions, because those are also a lot of fun and action facts. So those would be my two biggest tips if you sail on Conquest.
0: Very nice. We've been talking with Swapna from South Florida. She just returned on an eight-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Conquest out of Fort Lauderdale. Swapna, my dear, great talking to you, and thanks for being on the show. You too. Thanks, Doug. Before you book your next cruise, make sure you're not missing out. You can get yourself up to $100 in onboard credit, matching the cruise line's onboard credit, just by booking through Enchanted Memories Travel. If you want to find out more about Enchanted Memories Travel, just check out cruiseradio.net. There are links there on the upper right-hand side. Cruise Radio
1: is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.